Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and the effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Tom Wheeler will join us to discuss Tech Lash. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science Show. Well, it is certainly the age of technology, but who is making the rules in this digital gilded age? Joining us today to discuss this issue is Mr. Tom Wheeler. Mr. Wheeler is a businessman, venture capitalist, and former chairman of the Federal Communication Corporation during the Obama administration. He's the author of several books, including most recently, From Gutenberg to Google, The History of Our Future. He has penned the new book, Tech Lash. Who makes the rules in the digital gilded age? And he joins us today to discuss this very fascinating topic for a general audience. Mr. Wheeler, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Hello, Charles. It's great to be with you today. It's certainly our pleasure. Certainly a great book, Tech Lash, which you talk about digital gilded age. Who's got the power and who's going to make the rules? Curious why I decided to put the book together. Well, as you said, I was chairman of the Federal Communications Commission during the Obama administration and wrestled with how to oversee developments in the digital era using statutes that were written long before the digital era. You know, the FCC, for instance, was operating under a statute written in 1934 when television hadn't even been introduced, let alone the Internet. And the challenge situation we're finding ourselves in today as the dominant digital companies affect everything that we do in our lives reminded me, as a frustrated historian, the experience in the Gilded Age of the late 19th and early 20th centuries. And so I began researching the parallels between the original Gilded Age and the digital Gilded Age, and then asking the question, okay, we see that there were a handful of industrial barons controlling economic activity during the original Gilded Age. There are now a handful of internet barons, again, controlling economic activity. How did we move out of that kind of dominant control in the first Gilded Age? And what does that tell us about what we need to be doing today to be protecting consumers and competition in the new digital Gilded Age? And so that became an inquiry of mine. And the more I did that, the more I got excited about the theme and the book Techlash, Who Makes the Rules in the Digital Gilded Age, is the result. History repeating itself as it comes about when we have new technologies, power brokers, and the laws aren't keeping pace with being able to control them. So where are we in terms of being able to rein in these new tech barons, and is it possible to do so? Well, we have to do so. 
we have no choice. It is time for a rebalancing, if you will, so that it's the rights of individuals in the public interest that is dominant, not just the rights of a handful of digital barons who make the rules under which they operate and we must live. These companies are the most valuable companies in the world. They have been delivering amazing new products. There's no doubt about that. They have achieved dominant market position. And in the process, they have damaged personal privacy, hurt existence of a competitive marketplace, produced a reality in which truth and trust are being battered. And now what's really interesting, I think, Charles, is that we have seen for the last couple of decades how this evolution has taken place in the digital environment. And now we have the next iteration, artificial intelligence. And artificial intelligence not only will make worse the kind of problems we're struggling with today with privacy and competition and truth and trust and security of data and things like this, but also will introduce a whole new world of new challenges of unknown unknowns, if you will. And we need to organize ourselves as a society, not only to deal with the kinds of abuses that are occurring today, but to prepare for what's coming in the world of artificial intelligence tomorrow. Sort of hot button issue of time and for artificial intelligence. Do you think that the institutions, regulators, watchdogs are in place to deal with something like AI? The structures that exist at present are really for older technologies that maybe aren't capable of necessarily regulating this as a technology. Yeah, that's a great question, Charles. And 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 I think what that to answer that you have to parse the topic of artificial intelligence into into several parts. First of all, we know that. AI can make the kind of situations I was just talking about a minute ago, privacy, competition, truth and trust, even worse. Fraudsters, for instance, can use AI to perpetrate more frauds and even greater frauds. There are laws that deal with fraud. And as the chairwoman of the Federal Trade Commission said, there are no AI exemptions in the law. And so we have a structure that is available to use today to attack that implication, that iteration of AI. And in fact, the Biden administration has stepped up and has a coalition of various regulatory agencies who are doing just that. The next issue is, however, is the one we've been talking about, which is about the abuses that have happened thus far in the digital era that have been developed by the dominant platform companies, invasion of privacy, destruction of competition, impact on truth and trust. That only becomes worse as AI enables those kinds of abuses to expand even more. But we have failed to create a structure to deal with the issues that are in front of us today. And we need to do that. And then you have the next iteration of issues, which are all the things that we don't know about yet, 
but we can see coming in terms of AI's impact on other activity. And so what we need to be doing is saying, look, there is a reality here that cries out for the federal government to step in to overcome the kinds of abuses that have occurred thus far in the digital era and define the expectations for going forward in an AI era. We need to rebalance the relationship between the powerful tech companies and American consumers. And that's what TechLash proposes. It lays out a plan for how we accomplish that. Reasserting the public interest in issues which have largely been ceded by the public had slowly been taken over by tech. All of a sudden, we're playing catch-up, already ceded that ground. You know, the interesting thing, Charles, is that when you stop and consider Mark Zuckerberg, the, the CEO of Facebook, now called Meta, when you go back to his famous mantra, which became the mantra of Silicon Valley, which is move fast and break things, what was he talking about? in that was few words. Well, he wasn't breaking physical things. He was breaking behavioral expectations that for a century had been relied upon to provide stability and security to society. And why was he doing it fast? Do it fast in order to get those new practices inculcated into the American public before they really understand what's happening insofar as their privacy, the impact on competition, the impact on truth. That kind of a situation, that kind of an attitude, we make the rules, set these handful of companies and their leaders up as pseudo-governments to say, this is the way things will be done. You know, there was, a, there was a point in time, and I talk about this in TechLash, there was a point in time when Mark Zuckerberg unilaterally decided, and this is in his words, that privacy was no longer a social norm. And as a result, Facebook would siphon huge amounts of what had been previously private information and turn it into their corporate asset that they can use to sell advertisers to reach the owners of that private information and to create market power by denying that information to others. And so that's the situation that we find ourselves in now. And it is very much like what we saw in the original Gilded Age. The power that Rockefeller had over oil, the power that Carnegie had over steel, the power that Vanderbilt and others had over railroads. We're seeing all of that repeating itself now. And, and in the late 19th century, the American people rose up and said, enough is enough. We need to have laws that assure competition. We need to have laws that protect pro from, from unsafe products and unsafe working conditions. We are at that same kind of a hinge moment today. 
Do you think that we have the same community public environment? There's also a powerful leader in Theodore Roosevelt at the time that made these things happen, right? Well, you know, it was interesting that not only were the Gilded Age barons incredibly politically powerful with the ability to stop meaningful legislation, but also the forces that were against them were fractured. Populists on one side who said, no, we don't want any of this, these new kinds of, of changes. You had the progressives on the other side who were saying, well, wait a minute, we can embrace these kinds of new ideas, but we need to regulate them. And we were able to work our way through that kind of division to end up with a set of oversight policies that protected capitalism by putting guardrails in place that protected consumers and the competitive market. It was no small chore. It didn't happen overnight. It was a decades-long struggle. We shouldn't expect that everything is going to fall in place immediately. But if we don't start now, it never will. Where do you see we are? I mean, do you think we're beginning this battle, making these changes happen? I think that we are moving in that direction. When I was chairman of the FCC, I was constantly being told by members of Congress of both parties, oh, you want to regulate the Internet. You can't do that. The Internet is some kind of magic. And if you touch it, you will break that magic. Well, I think that everybody has now passed through this magical period and understands that it isn't magic, that it is just the, the harnessing of computer code, and that the failure to establish ground rules for the internet has led to these kinds of abuses like invading of privacy, etc. And so we have crossed the Rubicon, if you will. And I think we're in a new environment where people are now actively asking the question, all right, how do we come up with new structures for dealing with this? For instance, one of the ideas or the principal idea that I talk about in the book is the need for a new federal agency. There has been legislation introduced by Senators Welsh and Bennett to create digital platform commission. There has been legislation introduced by Senators Bennett and Lindsey Graham in a bipartisan effort to similarly create a new commission to address these kinds of issues. So I think that we are beginning to see movement. And the fascinating thing to me, as we move into the artificial intelligence era, that the AI companies themselves, who are essentially the same companies that perpetrated some of these problems to begin with, have been saying, oh, we need regulation. And the companies that for the last couple of decades have opposed any kind of oversight are now beginning to recognize that it's in the interest, it's in their interest as well as the interest of society that there be oversight of digital activities. And so, again, this is not something that's going to happen overnight. I'm sure it will happen in pieces, but I think the dam is broken and that we are going to start to see activity. Certainly a turning point in history. I think one has a lot of relevance and parallels with the past. People picking up the book, what would you like them really to take home regarding how, who's going to make the rules in the digital Gilded Age? 
That's a really good question, Charles. And I hope that what readers of TechLash will take away is that we know the problems that have been delivered by the dominant digital platform companies today. They are not insoluble problems. We saw similar kinds of abusive practices in the original Gilded Age. We were able to impose responsibility in that earlier environment, and we need to be looking for how do we impose responsibility in the new environment. I hope that the readers will find it fascinating. History, if it doesn't repeat itself, at least echoes. That echo says to us, it's time to step up, just like was done in the original Gilded Age. And here's some ways of doing that. We were just talking with Mr. Tom Wheeler, his new book, Tech Clash, Who Makes the Rules in the Digital Gilded Age? Mr. Wheeler, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Charles, thank you. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking. Thank you.